0: Hi there, this is Terry Bridget and I are taking off a couple of weeks to start research and interviews for our new and 13th season of this podcast. While we're doing that, please enjoy this rebroadcast from our archives.
1: Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression
0: podcast. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, we explore a different perspective on or experience of depression because it varies in form and severity affecting us differently. Our guests share intimate details of their struggles, coping strategies, and recovery. We keep it real because the struggle is real. We keep it hopeful because there is hope in spite of what depression tells you.
1: We're not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and know that talking about the illness reduces stigma and humanizes the experience, making it safer and easier to ask for needed support. You are far from alone. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Terry. Many of our guests on this podcast have said that they wished that they had known about depression earlier, wished that it had been talked about in their families, named, validated, and treated before it affected them for so long or so extremely. Mm -hmm. Others have called for mandatory mental health education, along with physical education in the schools. Again, trying to put mental health and mental illness in the same okay-to-talk-about category that other health-related issues are.
0: Absolutely. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, only in the past two decades has depression in children been taken seriously. Quoting, they say, Because normal behaviors vary from one childhood stage to another, it can be difficult to tell whether a child's just going through a temporary phase or is suffering from depression. Sometimes the parents become worried about how the child's behavior has changed, or a teacher mentions your child doesn't seem to be himself. In such a case, if a visit to a child's pediatrician rules out physical symptoms— the doctor will probably suggest that the child be evaluated, preferably by a psychiatrist who specializes in the treatment of children.
1: According to another trusted source, WebMD, in an article titled Depression in Children, which we'll link to, says that some children may continue to function reasonably well in a structured environment. Most kids with depression will suffer a notable change in social activities, loss of interest in school, or poor academic performance as well as potentially a change in appearance. Mm -hmm. Children may also begin using drugs or alcohol, especially if they're over the age of 12.
0: Today's guest, TJ, has a simple but important message. We need to talk to our children about mental illnesses when they're young so they can recognize the signs if they experience them. They can support friends who might suffer. And they can understand that those of us parents with mental health struggles can still be productive and loving. Here is TJ giving his voice to depression. Hello. Hello. I'm supposed to call you TJ?
2: Yes.
0: Are you okay with this?
2: Absolutely. I'm, I've been looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. Me too. So, TJ, tell me a little bit about yourself before we start, or as we start. I am recording, just so you know.
2: I'm 43 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, divorced, uh, father of one amazing son, (laughs) Um, and I am currently living on a disability due to to my mental illness. I suffer from depression, anxiety, um, bipolar, and PTSD.
0: TJ says he's been battling depression most of his life, starting in his early teens, yet...
2: I never really... um, Took the initiative to dive into what was really going on with me that was causing me to have, uh, you know, moments where, you know, I was kind of incapacitated. Whether it was after uh, the death of somebody close or the end of a relationship, um, it would just kind of uh, send me in the spiral at times.
0: It wasn't until persistent suicidal thoughts invaded that he decided he had to get help.
2: So, um, you know, roughly at that time, um, you know, I finally started to discuss my issues with my doctor, uh, my psychiatrist and my therapist. And, um, you know, they they started the, um, you know, roulette of uh, medications of let's try this, let's try that Um, until, you know, we kind of felt like, uh, you know, everything was sort of okay.
0: This next part of TJ's story will be very familiar to those of us who take meds. He was feeling better; his life situation improved as well. So, and you know, I, I felt
2: uh, good, uh, and, and so it was like I don't I, I don't, I don't want pills to make me feel good. You know, I want to feel good on my own type of machismo, um, type of scenario. So I stopped. I stopped taking the medications that had been prescribed to me for. Um, the depression symptoms that, you know, it had, which, looking back on it, was not a very good idea. So I was really setting myself up for failure.
0: Failure, to use TJ's word, was fueled by the loss of his best friend, really stressful changes at work, legal and major medical issues, betrayals and a divorce. It would be a lot for anyone to handle, mix in mental illnesses...
2: I did end up overdosing on um prescription medications and ended up spending you know the next ten plus days in uh in a hospital when in the psych unit mm-hmm. and that was just the beginning of that was the first attempt of um five attempts in six months and six attempts over eighteen
0: months
2: mm. and i will never forget um uh, you know when you're when you're Kind of throwing rocks back and forth with at each other with the person that you're separating from. You know, one of the things that I will never forget that was said. um, I mean, it it just stuck a knife into my heart. Uh, I'll never forget the comment that she made that Connor um, would often ask her why does Daddy spend so much time in bed, and um, you don't realize it when you're doing it, but when you. Hear that somebody else was was affected by it, especially when it's your own child. It just, it crushes you. And it, 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 it absolutely crushed me. So that gave me an indication that he had noticed that there was something different about his dad than everybody else's dad. Mm
0: hmm. TJ transformed that pain into the motivation for an all-too-uncommon parent-child conversation about mental health and the need to openly and shamelessly share feelings as a way of naming and taming them.
2: Because I wanted him to understand the things that I do deal with and the fact that the things that I deal with are common, uh, that I'm not the only person in the world that's like this. and that it was important for me to tell him that it's okay to talk about your feelings um, and to share your feelings because we spend all of our most parents spend most of their time when, when, when children are little, you know discouraging them from, from sharing their feelings. Basically, you know if a child cries, we, we do everything we can to, to get them to stop. So, you know, we, we kind of go down the wrong path of encouraging a child um, to share their feelings. And I want to make sure that I try to reverse that trend with him to where he understands it is okay. It is okay if he needs to cry. It, it is okay if, he, if he's mad about something and he wants to talk about it.
0: You know, there's also I'm reading from WebMD that depression is significantly more common in boys under the age of 10 than girls and that children yeah. with a family history of depression are at greater risk of experiencing it themselves. So I assume on some sure. level it was a because you had, you know, this is also part of his family medical history.
2: And uh, I want to make sure that he knows that um, whatever he's feeling, whatever difficult he, that he may be having, that it's not his fault that he didn't do anything wrong, and that there are people there and will be there, you know, to love him and support him no matter what he's struggling with and going through.
0: TJ had been thinking about having that conversation for a while, but it was not planned for that specific weekend, nor was it anything as formal as, son, sit down, there's something I need to tell you. It was more a matter of seeing and seizing an opportunity when defenses were low.
2: And I'll, I'll never forget. It was it was that Saturday. We um, we went to pick up a pizza, and um, he, before I got out of the car, he he looked at me and he started crying. And he said, "I said, son, what's, you know what's what's wrong?" And he said to me, "He goes, you know, Dad. Before I came over, I went up to my room, and I laid on my bed and I cried because I I began to realize how much you fought to to see me again, yeah. and." you You want to talk about having a difficulty talking after you know hearing something that definitely put you know uh, an apple in my throat for sure um, but that kind of made me realize that okay, he's struggling with emotions he's you know feeling different emotions than he's had in the past. Why wait? why wait for this conversation there's no better time than now when you have an opportunity that when there's an opportunity in front of you that presents itself when that opening is there you got to go through it and that to me there was no better time than when when the emotions were raw and he was expressing himself to make sure and reaffirm in him that that's what i want him to do and that's the right thing to do
0: Beyond emotional expression, TJ wanted his son to understand the two illnesses he struggles with most anxiety and depression.
2: But I wanted to make sure he really understood what depression was. Um, That, you know, it's more than just feeling sad. That it's not an excuse, you know, um, that people make just to stay in bed all day. Um, And I explained to him that, you know, do you remember all those times when, you know, I, I, I was in the bed for the weekend or. You know, so many days that you would come home from school when I was in bed. You know, that's that's part of what depression is and how debilitating it can be. And um, I wanted to describe it in a way that you know, you you tell him what it is without completely scaring him as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go into blaring. You know, X number of people die each year from you know depression or, or suicide. So I was careful as to what I shared. But I wanted to put it, you know, in a way that he understood what I was going through.
0: What was his reaction?
2: I think he was uh, surprised, um, but not as surprised as I thought. So I, I started to get the feeling or the, you know, burning in my stomach that, that had me thinking, OK, he already knows. He's already been told mm-hmm. um, about what I have been going through. Um, so but he was I think he was surprised that I brought it up. I I think he was surprised with how open I was about it. Um, And I think he was very receptive to the fact that I wanted him to share his feelings, that uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: TJ has brought up the topic since to both normalize talking about mental health and to make clear that conversation is no more taboo than any other.
2: I believe it's, it's you know, no different than any other difficult conversation a parent has with their child. And it's not one that should be or needs to be just a one-time conversation. Um, so I will, you know, continue to educate him. And as he has questions, as I hope he does, I'll, I'll answer them as honestly as I can without um, either glorifying or horrifying um, mental illness.
0: Without either glorifying or horrifying mental illness, what a great way to put it. Another insight TJ shares is that parents may need to sacrifice some of their own privacy to make the message valid
2: you know i did I did reaffirm in him the the fact that you know I, that conversation we had, um, you know while I, I wanted to to kind of remain between you and I, uh, or he and I uh, that um it's it's not anything that he should feel like he can't um talk to people about because if if i'm ashamed of him talking to other people about it how am i expect him expecting him to not be ashamed to talk about his feelings with other people Mm -hmm. so Um, you know, I wanted to make sure he understood that if he felt that he needed to talk to somebody else about it, that, you know, he could also do that.
0: And speaking of walking the talk, TJ also emphasizes that once you encourage your children to share their feelings or symptoms or concerns, you have to be willing to listen without judgment when they take you up on the offer.
2: And, um, I believe if, if we start our children at a young age, that eventually, um, we can start to turn the tide on on this the thing that we fight the most, which is the stigma, and it's gonna it's gonna come from a way of not fighting against those that are set in their ways. It's gonna come from people that were taught at a young age that it's okay, it's okay. You know this. There these people. You know the people that have and suffer from mental illness are, are really no different than you or I.
0: They are you and
2: I. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, we can't grow up hiding our hiding everything from our children. If, if there are things that we know that could potentially affect them, it's our responsibility to re- prepare them for those situations. And mental health is just as big a, a part of that as anything else that we can teach them, whether it be about drugs or sex or anything along those lines. Sometimes I believe we spend too much time focusing on making sure that our kids in school don't bring another life into this world, rather than spending the time on making sure that those lives that are sitting there in front of them are there for the long haul. And I think that that's something else that needs to be changed in the future, but it all ultimately all starts with us as parents. I haven't heard that twist on it.
0: I like that. I did too. i had never heard somebody say that, but it was like, yeah, let's pay attention to the lives in front of us.
1: And it is nothing short of an act of bravery to reveal one's weaknesses. You know, I'm inspired that, you know, he says, why wait to have that conversation? You know, he's right. If an opening presents and you you have a sense that this is, you know, fertile ground to have this tender conversation that, as he says, you got to go
0: through it. And I would hesitate to use the word weaknesses, because I don't think of my depression as a weakness of mine. I think of it just as a part of me in an illness. But I agree with you that it's a it's a good it's a good thing to do and at a certain point it's a brave thing to do. I also love that he said um, that stigma is going to be broken or diminished, not by trying to get in the heads of people who are set in their ways thinking that we are lazy or whatever they think, but from teaching kids at a young age that people with mental illnesses are just the same as other people. They just have a different illness than you might have, and that was the same lesson that uh, the leading stigma researcher, Dr. Patrick Corgan, told us. He said it's not going to be teaching kids in school or teaching anyone. It's going to be having them realize that their father, their friend, their anybody um, has got anxiety depression whatever they have and that they're lovable and productive and loving and all those things
1: right and you didn't even know and now you do and right it shouldn't change all that much my kids didn't know until we did this podcast and i had them listen to it
0: me too yeah pretty amazing yeah he's brave thank you thank you tj really appreciate it and the lesson and i hope that parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents or siblings, anybody who's listening to this realizes that that conversation could be a real important step in making everybody feel okay about whatever it is they're feeling, whatever it is they suffer from or are badly.
1: So next week, Terry, we'll do our season in review wrap-up of our seventh season, and uh, then we'll take a little break and come back with season eight. Wonderful. Thanks so much. I love you. Bye. I love you.